Welcome to the Husband Material Podcast, where we help Christian men outgrow porn. Why? So you can change your brain, heal your heart, and save your relationship. My name is Drew Boa, and I'm here to show you how. Let's go. Today, I am so happy to be with a man who is absolutely delightful. I have really loved getting to know Rick Carlson. He is a pastor. He is the newest certified husband material coach. Rick, welcome to the show. It's great to be with you, Drew. It's an honor. Thanks, man. You're welcome. It's great to be with you too. Mm -hmm. Today, we are going to hear some of your story. Mm. Before we get into your story, what do people need to know about Rick Carlson? Well, I am uh, single. I'm actually 59 years old. I'm getting getting older by the day, right? And I am in ministry full-time, and I'm a recovery and support pastor um, on our church staff. And so um, that is a big part of my time. Um, I love football, I love food, and I love to sing and hike. We will be singing and hiking at the Husband Material Retreat coming up, which is going to be awesome. I'm sure we will. I can't wait to give you a hug, man. Looking forward to it. Rick, this is not the first time you've told your story. Um, it has been such a blessing to so many people. Rick, could you share a little bit about how life began for you? Sure. Thank you for asking, Drew. My parents were uh, not married to each other. Uh, they were actually married to their spouses, and I was the product of a, a married affair. So it was pretty controversial in those times of what had occurred. When, uh, before I was born, my father came over to my mom's house and announced that his uh, wife had just had a baby girl and that he would have to end the relationship with my mom. He uh, gave her money to terminate the pregnancy. And then he just, uh, he left and abandoned me um, at the at that time. My mom, very, very um, devastated and feeling a lot of guilt and shame, I imagine, made a very tragic choice um, in the sixth month of her pregnancy with me and decided to uh, try to take her own life. And she did that with uh, liquor and overdosing on pills. And my older brother did find her. That resulted in obviously having injuries inside the womb. And then during the birthing process, I had more injuries. And I was I was predicted not to ever be able to walk in life. And uh, I learned to walk right before I was five years old with the help of braces. And that's how my life um, started. Thank you for sharing. Rick, what were some of the dynamics in your family as you were growing up? Well, we were a bl- blended family, obviously. Um, we were a funny family. We laughed a lot. We picked on each other. We had a lot of sarcasm in our family. We had always had plenty to eat. Um, on the outside, we were very um, outgoing. But what we didn't have was communication. We weren't allowed to voice what we felt or thought or wanted to say. 
everything was um, kind of a training ground that forced us just to smile and keep moving forward. So there were a lot of secrets that were built up in the family and kept at bay. Um, we, we just never were allowed to really open up to explore what we thought or felt. That, that was the norm. I remember you also saying that there was a lack of physical affection too. I didn't get a hug until I was uh, 30 years old. The the affection just just didn't happen. Um, family members weren't mean. We just didn't hug each other. And I do recall that we would get uh, we'd go to our grandma's house and she would squeeze us on our face and uh, you know kiss us on the cheek. So that was the extent of some affection and, and at that level. Um, so hugging and embracing, although we were a nice family just didn't exist for some reason. Based on those early experiences, where did this lead you in some of your choices as a young man? Those cho choices led me into um, some early um, addictions, um, substance and alcohol um, abuse early. I actually started to drink when I was 12 years old and I had to keep it a secret. I dabbled and explored uh, some other drug uses in middle school and obviously in high school. And everything was um, hidden, and I had to, to find a way to hide that from the family. They had no idea. But that's the mode that I learned. Uh, keep a secret. And uh, But I liked the way it made me feel because um, I was a hurting, lonely uh, young man growing up. And that gave me the opportunity to actually, um, you know, disengage from myself and pornography became a part of that right pornography um i discovered that and was introduced to it in magazine form i think around 13 years of age so it was definitely a unique time rick what specific types of porn or sexually acting out became appealing for you in a um, effort to be vulnerable here um I, I uh, looked at different kinds of porn or viewed in magazines, and um, back then it would have been on video uh, type of platform. Um, I looked at, obviously, uh, men and women porn. I actually looked at other porn as well, including... Um, men on men because I wanted to see a perfect body. It wasn't about a um, sex thing, if you will, um, because I was so insecure about my body uh, that I dreamt about having the perfect body. So in vulnerability here, I, I was attracted, if you will, to men's chest because I did not like mine. It was very confusing for me. Um, it was not something that I wanted to live out. It was for some reason that gave me a uh, field of void for me, still confusing. And in the, the uh, men on women porn, it had to be the perfect bodies that were involved. Um, that fed into my fantasy, that fed into my needs, and that fed into my loneliness because I was so insecure about my physical look, the way my body 
worked um, and not having that that body that I so much desire. Man, that makes so much sense. Even from your earliest life as a boy, your body was not doing what other bodies were doing. It sounds like you really came to view yourself as very different from other people. Yes, I, I looked at myself as a freak of nature, if you will. Um, my chest had a big bone that stuck out. That was very obvious. Man, I was so self-conscious about that. Um, I never wanted anybody to see my body. That was a big one. Um, and that played into actually into adulthood and into recent years as, as well. Um, my legs didn't work correctly, so couldn't wear shorts or I refused to most of the time because everything, uh, I looked at everybody viewing my body and what a disappointment my body was, was to, to the world. And I didn't even like looking myself in the mirror mm. and combing my hair. When I brushed my teeth and washed my face, I would not look at myself because I hated my body. And I discovered recently that I had a lot of uh, self-hatred and shame towards my body. That was a real reality. And I also think that played into my addictions of substance abuse and um, alcohol. It all connects together. Yeah. And whether or not we can relate to the specifics, I think all of us at some level carry self-hatred, self-contempt, and that insecurity mm, right. that really drives some of our sexual feelings and our sexual impulses. Rick, when did things start to change for you? In my, uh, in my journey of life, um, just in general, I would, it was around, it was 12 years ago, actually, when things began to change. I became a agnostic atheist type of person through the years, just depending on my mood of the day. And um, friends of mine actually invited me to this brand new little church. And I was not interested in going to church at all. And But they dragged me. It was after a weekend of partying. Um, and I was still kind of feeling the partying when I went into church. They, they went early. I stayed in my car. <laughs> and this is a legendary story. But it's funny how God works, right? I stayed out there. I was chain smoking cigarettes after one after another, trying to freaking out because I hated God. And why am I being dragged into this place? So that began, um, that was in October of 2010. And then in through some events, um, I went and checked out this church a, a couple, two or three more times. And then in January of 2000, February of 2011, um, God got his way. He did in a big way. And he put some people in front of me and I had no place to run because I had been running from life for decades and running for myself. And it came down to me and God had a conversation that would just rock this world. I told him what I thought. And then he said, I just want you to live for me. Can you handle this? And it was a major decision. From that day, that was February 11th of 2011, things flipped. And that began my sober journey as well that day. And that was pretty extraordinary. And then I had to retrain my, my thoughts about God, what I thought, because I thought God was big bully. That's why I hated him. 
but he began something in my heart and in my mind and in my life that was such a opposite of where I was. And it was pretty extraordinary. And I, I, I loved it. It was, it was a shock to my system. And 12 years later, yeah, I'm still uh, trying to live that life humbly and as best I can on a daily basis. Those who are listening to the podcast can't see the joy on your face as you tell this story. Right. When you go from hating God to the opposite of loving Jesus, I get up and I don't do this perfectly, but I know why I'm getting up and I know my purpose. And I know what Jesus has done in my life and what he's still doing. And it's my purpose just to to let people see that and keep it real and keep it genuine. Yeah. Right. And just just keep going forward because people need Jesus and they're looking for it. And I hope to be the best representative of that as I can. Awesome. And as you continued in your journey over the last 11 years, eventually you got into full-time ministry as a recovery pastor, which you're still doing now. Mm -hmm. And then somewhere along the way, you found out about husband material. How did that happen? That is so funny how that happened. So in April of 2021, I was in a circle leading men in a, in a group setting, and it was heavy stuff. And God likes to, he has a sense of humor. He likes to talk to me very quietly and directly sometimes. Can't say it was an audible voice, okay? I won't go there. However, he said, when are you going to start looking into your own sexual brokenness? You need to start to do something about this. You have forgiven a lot of people, and I've worked in your life, but you need, now is your time to do this. You need to take a risk. And I was scared. I was scared like crazy. But I knew what God was saying to me. I was just fearful what that meant. Anyway, so I went on the internet, and somehow, um, I'm a visual person, and somehow it brought me, I put in some key phrases, and somehow it brought me to um, husband material. I go, well, that's kind of funny, husbandmaterial.com, <laughs> right? And remember, I'm a visual, I, I learn a lot visually, and I saw this uh, dude with a bow tie on, I said, this is just hilarious. <laughs> that's how I felt. It is kind of goofy. Yeah. But it stuck in my mind. So it, it stayed with me. So a couple of weeks later, um, in May of 2021, I looked into it and did more research and started watching some podcasts. And that is when I, you know, started going, okay, I'm on to something here. Am I willing to take the risk? I didn't know what I was getting into. But it was the best step that I had taken in years. And I don't, I don't have any uh, regrets about that. So, Rick, what step did you take? Like, what specifically did you do, and how did that affect you? I signed up for the HMA Academy, and haven't looked back since. That was the that was the step. Joining Husband Material Academy. Yes, and, right. And also participating in some of our other programs too. What right. impact has Husband Material had on your life? I am not viewing porn these days. That's a big one, Woo! right? And I have freedom in that. 
Celebrating he, one year recently. Recently with uh, no porn. That's pretty extraordinary. It's not that I looked at it a lot, but I did. When I did, it wasn't right. But that was that's a pretty great thing to to uh, celebrate over one year. Here's here's what uh, husband material has done for me. The biggest thing is I spent so many years running away from little Rick and what that represented, even as an adult in my walk with Christ. Uh, I have forgiven a lot of people and forgiven events and forgiven myself for things that I did and to have taken, had to take ownership of and all that kind of stuff. Worked really hard to, to, to get into those layers of unforgiveness. But I thought what was appropriate for me is that you don't go back into it. You just keep pushing forward. And the, the beauty of what I discovered in husband material is that you actually have to go back to the little boy and open the little boy up from a mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, right? And just take a look at him and be willing to go deep with that. And so I had to make that decision continuously. Am I going to look at this little boy? Or am I going to keep running from him? And I thought some of the exercises were a little goofy because, <laughs> you know, kind of scared me a little bit, you know, because I wasn't in control of them. That was probably the real issue. And I couldn't control the pathway. But the pathway for me was so, so important that, that I had to start just digging into little Rick. And then there was this, this, this time that the, there was a real big shift for me. I had kept a lot of things inside of me in the middle, in the core that was so locked up and I kept it protected. I, I kept it uh, cemented um, and closed because I didn't want to look at it, nor did I want anyone else to be able to look at it. And when I started making decisions to go into that core, I think that's when the real um, healing and breakthroughs and freedom started in inside of me uh, i actually i will use this word i i hated little rick i hated little rick but i've learned to love little rick and appreciate little rick and see how little rick affects older rick to this day so we are walking together these days not separating ourselves, not ignoring each other, not pretending that little Rick is there or not there, rather. And uh, that's been extraordinary. I, I've i embraced that pathway of healing. I, I hug that pathway of healing. I actually hug little Rick. Um, sometimes I do this, right? Yeah. And he never got hugged. Never for got hugged. The first 30 years of his life. Right. Yeah. It, it was something I desired, I needed, I craved for. And so I, I didn't understand it all, all, you know, in every aspect, but I knew that was key. But to hug yourself, you have to heal yourself. To heal, you have to feel it. So I had to feel a lot of things because I kept it locked up. We were, it, that goes back to the training have, uh, of our family dynamics. It connects. Here's what it connects to. 
the fact that don't let them, don't ever let them see you sweat. Have your game face on. When you hit the door to go outside, you put on that face and everything's good. But inside you're crumbling. And I needed, I needed to uh, experience little rip flaws and all and the struggles and the hurts mm -hmm. and the trauma. And I, I definitely saw how trauma is a such a um, influence in our adult decisions if we don't go back and deal with them. Amen. 100%. Yeah. Rick, as you talk about the core that you had to access and the trauma that was still affecting you, you you've already shared a lot about the story surrounded the beginning of life for you and your family dynamics, but was there any particular trauma that you really had to face? Right. Um, here's the, here's some of the trauma that I had to face. Uh, there, there was emotional abuse. There was physical abuse. Although I don't think it was intended to be physical abuse, but I was, I was the brunt of a lot of, uh, physical, um, discipline that was pretty tough on me physically that hurt and there were um, encounters of sexual abuse uh, that occurred and I had no voice in all of that I kept that all inside and through husband material I am now beginning to have a voice in that and talk and share and see it for what it is and begin all of the healing aspects that jesus wants for me in that i thought that i had to keep that stuff down inside forever but husband material has given me the courage and the bravery to begin to talk about that in appropriate ways outside of the husband material uh, community and be a voice for others in that um, I, I'm very compassionate and passionate about walking with men um, who have experienced traumas and hurts and crazy things like that um, because I believe that we need to champion them to give them a voice and the opportunity to be vulnerable and transparent at the same time, give them safety in all of that and let them know that they matter instead of being at the back of the line hiding and hurting bring them to the front of the line and help champion them and help them you know be in a pathway of freedom that's where it's at uh, men need to just know that they matter that they can talk and they can share and they can go deep and not be judged and not be criticized and not be uh, minimized or marginalized as a male because there is a lot of hurting men out there and it's you know, here's the thing I've learned. Our greatest pain can become our greatest purpose. Amen. And I am compelled by that daily. Instead of running and from my pain or ignoring it or seeing it as, you know, a messed up mistake life, I see it as an opportunity now. And God has given me that responsibility. That's my responsibility. I don't resent that pain anymore. I hug that pain. I embrace that pain. I embrace those things that happened to me. I don't always enjoy the process. 
doesn't always feel good. But man, what is on the other side is true healing and true freedom. That's the truth. Yeah. In your voice, there is so much authority, which is so cool because you were silenced. And now you speak Mm -hmm. from a place of experiencing the love of Jesus, not just intellectually, but really transforming you at the core. Mm. So your voice is so powerful. You have a playfulness, which I think I've, I've seen just bloom and flourish, which is so mm. cool. Um, I enjoy just being me. I think that's, I know that sounds kind of odd, but being me is important. And hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a little goofy. I'm a little odd. But man, it works, right? God created me this way. And, you know, in that, in the Bible, I share this in my uh, testimony story that I share in different environments. You know, he knew me when I was formed. So guess what? He knew me and he had a purpose and a plan back then. Boy, did I run from that. He loved me in the womb. What a struggle that was. But he had a plan. And he made me just the way I am. Thank God there's nobody else there like me, right? (laughs) Yes. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm learning that. I have that in my heart. I have that in my my mind, in my thinking. It's not always easy. Physically, it's not always easy. And it can be tough some days. But man, I'm okay with me being me. All of it. And that's a big thing I've learned as well in husband material. Um, I'm allowing uh, men to look inside of me, giving them permission to see the ugly, the good, and the bad, all of it. And that's that's something I've craved for for a long time. So this has given me a great um, opportunity to, to do that. It's a redemptive risk is that's the truth right um i'm a person that doesn't like cliches and i try not to use them but i find myself thinking oh yeah that's a redemptive risk i keep doing it (laughs) you know but you live i believe it you know just living that out right Mm -hmm. and And that's why we're here this is a redemptive risk for you to be on this podcast right right yeah this is not my gig this is not my thing right but I was feeling the I was feeling the angst of it all all week, and then I just let God do His thing today, and uh, it's not about me. Rick, I am so thrilled to now have you on our team of coaches at Husband Material, and you're launching this new coaching ministry called Comeback Coaching. Love the title. That's right. I think it represents my journey in life and what's in my heart for other men. I want them to uh, take that risk, take that redemptive risk and begin to know that they can have a comeback in their life and they matter, right? Men matter. I'm just so passionate and I I love sitting down with men Mm one-on-one and just hearing how they can uh, overcome their their past and their present. 
this is ex- it's exciting for me. Yeah. Rick, what makes you unique as a coach and what you're offering different than some of the other husband material coaches? You know how you, uh, I mentioned earlier that our greatest pain can become our greatest purpose. So, you know, the core of my coaching abilities and, and gifting and passion is based and rooted in my story. And I think that in, in my life journey, I, I love to champion men who don't feel like champions. That's what I can bring to the table. I, I believe that I have a, an empathy and a sympathy for so many different things that men have gone through. I think I bring credibility uh, to that. Also, I listen well. I love to listen to men. This is where I learn. It's not always what I say back that is important, is sitting and being present with men. And I, I believe God has given me that ability and those heartstrings to be present and to listen. And that's by listening, we learn so much. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't need to talk. And I believe that men need to have a, a coach uh, who's compassionate and cares about them. And I'm learning in my life that just being authentic and being me, that's what I want to bring to other men. Just that opportunity that they can experience the same thing and be be themselves and not be judged and not be criticized, but be cared and loved right where they're at. And that is the basis and the foundation of what I hope my coaching will offer. Rick, you've been doing this for years as a pastor with the men and women in your church, and recovery ministry. Now you're doing it online with comeback coaching. And my understanding is that you really want to help some of the men out there who usually would not be in a position to receive this kind of ministry. Yes, I want to be able to offer coaching um, at a very um, affordable uh, opportunity for men because everyone's at different stages and backgrounds and the ability to invest into themselves. And I I want to be that coach that can help those that uh, just don't have the means to pay a normal rate for coaching. I think that's important. And in some cases, um, I hope that I can uh, do some coaching in a charitable uh, type of way where um, for those that just really don't have the means um, can still get coaching. I believe that's the heart of my ministry and husband material. And um, I hope that opens some doors for those men uh, who want to have coaching. They can find a way now to, to have that met in their journey. Rick, thank you so much. What is your favorite thing about freedom from porn? That you can overcome. And remember this, I've learned this is stuck in my mind. Porn is just a pacifier. The use of porn or sexual brokenness is just a symptom to something much deeper and those needs, uh, needs that are not being met in our lives. And that's what I that's what I love about this is that you can go deep as as you want to explore your healing and your understanding and your clarity of what, what's really going on, and it has clicked with me and made such a big difference. I even see uh, things different the la- in this last year 
I look at things in a uh, through a different filter and a different lens, not just for my own personal life, but I look at people differently. In ministry, um, my compassion is even deeper than it was. I thought it was pretty deep, but I look at them differently now and try to understand um, what's really going on underneath um, different behaviors and, and things like that. So that's the impact uh, that if you give it a try, if you take the risk, you can experience healing. And I didn't think I would experience this type of healing in my life. Remember, I go back to what I said earlier. I spent all those years running away from little Rick, and now I'm embracing him. What a game changer for my life. Amen. Woof. I got the chills. Um, if you want to connect with Rick and learn more about comeback coaching, check out the link in the show notes. Rick, thank you so much for being with us. All right. And gentlemen, always remember, you are God's beloved son. In you, he is well pleased. Well pleased.